It is time for the horrendous podcast. Now here's your host, Vishal Amin and Cristiano. Do we have a clean way to start this, or do we just boom podcast started? That is just the perfect way to start it. <laughs> <laughs> we are here to review Bram Stoker's Dracula. Welcome to the horrendous podcast. I am Chris Yano Yanoshak. With me, as always, is Vishal Amin. What's going on, man? Uh, thank you. Hey, what's going on with you? That was a cracker. This was a cracker, man. What a movie. <laughs> this was a great selection by you. I'm really glad that you did this. I had not heard of, well, no, that's not true. I have never seen Bram Stoker's Dracula. I had always heard of it, but I was too young when it came out, 92, and I just never saw it, but it's one of those movies that has everybody and their mother in it. Yeah, it was, that, that threw me off. When I saw the, the cast one at a time coming up, right, I hadn't looked into it, this at all. I hadn't even heard of it. And what a weird movie to watch, like an, a 90s movie depicting even further back. Like you forget what technology there was there. So you didn't really know what kind of effects you were. And, and this is a, the director. What's his name? Uh, Francis Ford Coppola, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, he's got some old school style. So you've got an sure. old movie ish, right? 90s depicting an even older time with somebody who uses kind of out more classic, not outdated, but more like classic filming techniques. So just the the cinematography just threw me off and then you see all the stars come up and you're like holy crap <laughs> what is going on i agree i guess we can get into a little bit with dracula now you had something interesting that you wanted to share just prior to getting into it that sparked your kind of curiosity about the whole adaptation of dracula itself so something that maybe we can tease out is that the show yeah, back in school i took a shakespearean film as literature course, right? Which is kind of cool. You you watched a bunch of Shakespearean movies and you analyzed them as if they were, you know, in, in the same kind of style as if they were like books. But it gave me appreciation that some movies are made many times over time, right? So Romeo and Juliet was like a classic example there. Like Henry VIII has been remade a few times and I, I think it's going to get remade mm-hmm. again soon. If I remember what, Henry the Ninth? Um, the ninth, the eighth, no. right? Henry VIII? Um, anyway, uh, crickets. One we'll of the crickets later. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry to yeah. acknowledge um, <laughs> Maya and Marco as well in the production booth. Apologies. That's right. So they'll put yeah. crickets in later. <laughs> Let's get a cricket sound yeah. over. <laughs> no, but I, like I was saying, right? So like Dracula seems like it's one of those movies, right? I just I just popped into Google how many Dracula movies are there, and you get this huge list, and it's not even all the movies that are about Dracula that don't have the word Dracula in them, right? Like the, the first bunch that appear. I mean, so that would be a fun series is what I think we were, we were talking about. If and we interest. were trying to figure out the best way to um, break it all down uh, because with our current format, we feel like it would get a little repetitive if we just kept describing the story over and over and over again, because even from what I know about Dracula, having only seen it as a high school play, um, at my old high school, shout out Rancocas Valley. The storyline does track pretty similarly from what I remember from that play and from what I saw in the movie. Uh, so I feel like a lot of the adaptations will follow that. So we're going to try to switch up the format a little bit to analyze all of these and pit them head to head, maybe form some kind of uh, dracket, you know, a Bracula. A Bracula. Classic. Very nice. Bracula. Yep. I didn't even mean to do Bracula, but I kind of like that better. 
<laughs> Worth it for the pun alone, if you ask me. Yeah. And so we'll figure out a way to do that going forward. Uh, if you guys have any ideas, as always, drop us a line, Twitter. Uh, you can email us, horrendouspod at gmail.com. Uh, and so going forward, if you guys ever want to reach out to us, that's the best way. So should we get to it? Yeah, man, let's dig cool. right in. We have Bram Stoker's Dracula 1992. I think it released in November of that year. And the director, as you already said, Francis Ford Coppola. His other credits include. Can you name any of them? Uh, Was he Apocalypse Now? Apocalypse Now, for sure. Yeah. Godfather. 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 Yeah. Uh, also did Peggy Sue Got Married, which is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, and then The Rainmaker. Mm. Our writers, obviously, Bram Stoker wrote the novel in 1897. And then you have James V. Hart, whose only other credit that I was able to find noteworthy was that he co-wrote the screen story for Hook. So shout out to James V. Hart. Wow. Now, this cast you alluded to earlier is just studded. I love everybody in this cast. Every single person was cast perfectly, I thought. And it was just a, a lot of star power. So first, of course, Gary Oldman. You know him from The Fifth Element, from Hannibal, you name it. He's been in a ton of movies. Leo the Professional, Leon the Professional. Batman series. Oh, of course. How could I forget? Um, so I didn't even want to list all of his credits because, you know, he's got a ton of them. Uh, Winona Ryder, fantastic actress, especially someone who kind of gravitates towards the horror kind of spooky genre. Probably just kind of how she acts. She's in Stranger Things. Beetlejuice, bunch of different movies. Yeah, and I was yeah. I was reading a little bit of history on this. I think she she brought the film to Francis Ford Coppola. There's some other producer lined up, and she brought it to him. I think so, something like that. Like she she played a I think kind of a key role in the casting and getting Francis Ford Coppola up. I I remember reading that in some of the background material. But yeah, I mean, not only did she, I think she crushed it. But on top of that, like this film isn't this film in this form unless she does some stuff behind the scenes. So, wow. yeah, really interesting. She was a key person on and offset. That's fantastic. Or, or like on screen, off screen. Yeah, I've always loved uh, Winona Ryder's work. I feel like she kind of gives it her all in anything that she does. So Sir Anthony Hopkins, the legend, you name it. This guy has done it. He was he just won the Academy Award for his performance as well. So the guy is still doing it at a high level and he brings it in this movie for what? For Hannibal? No, he just won. Uh, it was a movie about um, uh, a father uh, struggling with uh, dementia. Mm. The father. That's what it's called. Yeah, the father. Well, there you go. Yeah, that was the thing because he won uh, and he did the acceptance speech like from remote. Or something like that because he didn't think that he was going to win. Like nobody thought he was going to win. So he didn't even attend. Still doing it great. And I loved him in this movie uh, as always. And uh, sneaky good in Red 2. If you've never seen Red or Red 2. Anthony Hopkins in I Red 2. Been. Really good. Okay. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I uh, I have a lot of notes about Keanu Reeves in this movie that we yeah. can get to. I did just watch The Matrix the other day on the way home. It holds up by the way. I didn't even need the sound. I didn't even need the sound because I could hear it in my mind. I've watched it so many times, but that movie is fantastic. Keanu, obviously still acting. The great Richard E. Grant. Do you know Richard E. Grant? Who is he? Who did he play? He was the doctor. Yeah, he was the. Um, he was the doctor. Uh, yeah, Jack. That's his name. Yep. Couldn't think of his name. So Richard E. Grant. You recognize Richard E. Grant from a recent Marvel 
endeavor? No. What? Spoiler alerts, I guess we should put out there. Oh, boy. Although it's not it's not because I'm not caught up ultra recent. But Richard E. Grant was in uh, Loki. He was old Loki. So we may have to bleep oh, that. Oh, no way. And he was also in uh, Game of Thrones. He was the play. He was in like the play troupe. All the actors and okay. actresses. He was in that troupe. He was one oh, of the lead right. guys all in right. that. But Richard E. Grant, a very good character. Carrie Elwes, of course, just a fantastic actor. You know him from The Princess Bride. He was also in Psych. He did a recurring character on Psych. Carrie Elwes, very good actor. Robin Hood been in tights? <laughs> of course. Billy Campbell, who is the Rocketeer, I believe was the um, Quincy something, right? Yeah, Quincy, yeah, the Texan, right? Yeah. The big Bowie knife? Yeah, Quincy P. Morris, that's it. Classic Texan name. Tom Waits, Tom Waits, who's a musician, plays Renfield. Actually thought he did pretty well. Not his only uh, acting credit either. He's got a few acting credits, Tom Waits. And one of the, uh, I call them Dracula's bimbos, uh, Monica Bellucci, Monica Anna Maria Bellucci. I mean, she is someone who has been in, unfortunately, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, uh, but also The Brothers Grimm, Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions. Very classic 1990s kind of beauty standard, you know, pin up on the wall kind of deal. Who was she in The Matrix? She. She was the Merovingian's wife. I believe you are correct, sir. Yeah, that's OK. That's but when you talk about beauty standard, I'm just like going through who was in the second two movies and not the first. Yep. Yeah, it's got to be the yeah. Persephone. Persephone. That's a great job by you, by the way. Going through horror royalty. The only person I could say uh, Hannibal Lecter is he horror royalty. He's not exactly in the traditional sense that we were talking about when we first kind of described the definition in terms of like Freddy Krueger, Scream, like, you know, Nev Campbell, Jamie Lee Curtis and all the Halloweens. I believe Anthony Hopkins was only in the first two Hannibal movies. I don't think he was in the prequel. He would be, uh, I, you know, the only one. And then Winona Ryder doesn't really go horror. She kind of sticks on the outside looking in kind of mm-hmm. spooky kind of movies, more the Tim Burton vehicles. Yeah, speaking of. According to IMDb, Francis Ford Coppola wanted Johnny Depp to play Jonathan Harker. Of course. That wouldn't wouldn't that have just been that would have made much more sense, mm -hmm. at least accent wise. That's that will we'll probably talk about that a lot. But that's I have several notes. Biggest weaknesses. Several notes. So other than that, I have no other horror royalty, which is a very hard phrase to say. The composer, Wojciech Kilar, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he also did before you before you move off. So, Mm -hmm. okay. Does saw is a horror movie, right? You can argue it kind of spun off a different, maybe it's not a different genre of horror, but maybe it like, maybe there's a Renaissance of real, like heavy gore Mm -hmm. horror. Right. Mm -hmm. And princess bride guy was in that one too. Right. That's a great he call. It. He's not Jigsaw, right? No, he, but he's in he the first carry one. It, but yeah. he was he was important. But he's yeah, know? I mean, he's not uh, Jigsaw uh, himself. Right. You know, he didn't carry the franchise post. But he gets 
He's in there again, right? Don't they? Yeah, do he's like not Tobin Bell, but cutting in and out of timelines. Doesn't he? No, he maybe in a flashback makes an appearance, but I, I don't think. I mean, you're asking someone who only watched those exclusively when they were hungover in college, but oh, that's fair. Okay. I mean, I don't recall okay, him being okay. another active force throughout. They got to be, I think, by the sixth one, it was just porn actors. I don't think there was anybody. <laughs> <laughs> who is an actual actor. I think it was just like they had people who were like, hey, you want to be in a movie? Sure. Seventh one, they just took extras out of the, uh, you know, like sporting event crowds, yeah. right? <laughs> just whatever city they were shooting in, like, hey, LA Rams, <laughs> bleacher section. Anybody want to be in a movie? They filmed it on break at a Denny's, only on breaks. That's a great call by you with Carrie Elway, so good recognition for him being in Saw. I'm trying to do this without IMDb. I'm Me trying too. not to, like, stare at histories, so. I agree. I bet you there are more obvious ones that people will point out, but I just having not watched a lot of these, like that's the best I got. Always uh, appreciate people like reaching out and just saying like, Hey, you missed this one because uh, that's a good way to identify gaps. And like you, like I'd rather not be sticking with just IMDB or whatever, looking it up. It's a good test. The composer is uh, Wojcik Kalar, who uh, also did the ninth gate, the pianist and the German show. German show has a beautiful score. I thought the score was pretty classic. Definitely set the yeah. mood. Uh, I didn't find it out of place at all. So he did a good job, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The budget. You want to guess what the budget was? This is 1992. Oh, you looked it I up looked already. It up, so it wouldn't bitch. be fair. Because I was like, I've never heard of this, but I feel like this with this many stars. I It was hard to remember if these people were stars back then. But I was like, with this many stars, it must have crushed it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman, certainly. Keanu was just getting started. I don't know if he was point break. I think he was right around the time of point break as well. 91, something like that. Um, and I was going to say pre or post speed. This is pre speed. This is pre right? speed. I think Definitely pre speed, but spree, post point speed break. was okay. 94, I think, or something like that. 93. But yeah, I mean, Keanu was banger after banger in the early 90s. Winona Beetlejuice was around this time, too. So she was starting off, too, to really blossom. So, uh, yeah, you're definitely right. This this budget blew it out of the water. $40 million, which is a big budget movie for the time, for sure. A lot of star power, a lot of effects. I feel like I feel like in some movies I hear the budget. I'm like, what did they spend their money on? Like this one, you hear that budget and like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. (laughs) Like there was so much atmosphere built into the sets and the costumes and the lighting and just like everything felt heavy you know and i feel like it felt heavy because there was stuff there's just a lot of stuff everywhere i agree it's like I, that makes sense to me the reception when released did you look up the numbers that it did how it performed i think it did like hundreds of millions right yeah so it opened number one 30 million dollars that first uh, opening weekend which basically is their budget, uh, which was awesome. Total gross worldwide uh, when it's all said and done, $215 million. This one was a hit. Certified banger based on uh, the world. Probably tested really big in Eastern Europe right after the fall of the Soviet Union. Notable awards. Did you look up any of the Oscars? I don't know if it it probably wasn't the Oscars, but they won like best costume and a few of those like sub- yeah. those sorts of ones where I don't know if 
people won things. I figured I figured you looked it up when you complimented it. Um, yeah, they won best costume design, best makeup, best sound effects editing. So it took home three Oscars. Uh, and definitely, you could tell, um, ambiance for sure. IMDb rating, 7.4. On the tomato meter, it's a 75%. And the audience score gives it a 79%. So overall, everybody really likes this movie, I think. Uh, this is a pretty highly rated movie for something that is a classic story. So I'm actually kind of surprised by that. I was going to give you a little bit of history about Dracula here. However, I think I'm going to save that for our Dracula slash Dracula, our Dracula Dracula. Oh, can yeah. we call it that? And just real quick, like, I, I, did we do this last time? We just I wanted to run through like the top 10 movies of 91 because I forget what was even out this year. So like, yeah, yeah, do I just I pulled list? it up. I got it here. So 91 movies right? of 91.com. Huh? Are you on moviesof91.com? There's no way that's a site. Are you serious? <laughs> of course it's not. Go on. Oh. Can I, can I get a womp womp? Just real quick, Marco. Out of the booth. Just a womp womp. I'm striking out tonight. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Elman Louise, number two movie? How do they judge this? This is IMDb. Wait, First are you order. going one, two? Are you going from one to, to ten? I was going to, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Keep going. Number three, Cape Fear. Number four, Hook. Hey. Hey. Uh, number five, Beauty and the Beast. Awesome. Number six, Silence of the Lambs. Anthony. Doc Hollywood. I don't even know what that is. Uh, that's a Michael J. Fox movie, I think. Yeah. I, I never even heard of it. The Last Boy Scout, number eight. Mm. Uh, Sleeping with the Enemy, nine. And then Den... Den of Thieves? Oh, my God. No. no. Den Ofra Village Golferin? Do you know what that is? What? Come again? This can't be top 10. What's it called? You you heard me. I'm going to... You heard you heard me. <laughs> I don't even know how to... I'm going to need a spelling. I'm going to need a ruling. Can I have the uh, country of origin, please? Yeah, can I have it used in a sentence? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort it by popularity. What I just did was not by popularity. The thing, too. That was just list view. I don't even know what that means. All right. Popularity. Let's try again. Silence of the Lambs, number one. Terminator 2. Hook. Adam's Family. Cape Fear. Six is Thelma and Louise. Beauty and the Beast. All right, number eight. Father of the Bride. Number nine, The Last Boy Scout. And number ten, Hot Shots. Okay. Those Those I'm all familiar with. Okay. Hot Shots I'm a fan of. I'm going to send this to you, Yano, so you've got them, but it's, I, I don't know what this movie is. And I don't know. Please how to, do. It's a golfing movie. Enough for a village golfarin. German? You know, the, the O with the strike through it, or the A with the circular hat? The Accidental Golfer. Oh. A Swedish comedy. There you go. It's the fourth installment of the popular Saliskapsferen. <laughs> no that's not right my top movie list okay it's a person on imdb this is not some sort of a official list i thought this was like a thing i needed the official list list of 1991 box office number one wasn't films. this movie in 1992 say again wasn't this movie in 1992 oh my god did i really just seriously <laughs> Isn't that what I said when I led this thing? Awful. Just just awful. November of 92. 
Trying again. Okay, hold on. Let's just let's just take it from the top again. What is our source, by the way, for top films? So I can be consistent. So 92, I'm going to I'm going to IMDB and I am sorting by popularity, right? Top movies of 92. Here we go. Go five, five down. Five to one. Five to one. Okay, okay. Of of course. Five That's or ten. You, you do... want the top ten? Because the ten uh, solid 10. movies. Yeah. This is actually yeah. there's go a ahead. lot of good movies. Wayne's World falling in outside the top 10. Newsies what? falling That's falling looking outside in. the top 10. Yeah. Lethal Newsies. Weapon 3 outside. Oh. And the, the classic Three Ninjas. Classic. Oh, Three Ninjas. Go for the eyes, boys. The eyes. All right. Let me give you top 10. Top, yeah. Number 10, Aladdin. Yeah. Nine, Sister Act. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Eight, Candyman. Candyman. That mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's a future horror movie. A Few Good Men. Ah, number seven. Great movie. Uh, great Batman Sunday. Returns. Great Sunday movie. What was that? Batman Returns? Yep. Mm. Uh, all right, here we go. We're at number five. Number five, Mighty Ducks. The first yeah. one. Classic. Quack. Number four, Reservoir Dogs. Great movie. Oh, that's, that's the number four Quentin Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. That's another day. Uh, League of Their Own, number three. Oh, classic. Tom number Hanks, two. third best role. Number two, A Muppet Christmas Carol. I oh. hate that choice. Uh, I hate that joke. Number one, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Don't like that choice either. Yeah. It's a good movie, but I don't like that choice. Kind of fell off there at the top, but okay. And a cheese pizza. Well, there you go. Well, 92 is a great year, and you had said that uh, Beauty and the Beast came out in 91. Disney just killed it in the early 90s. I think 94 was Pocahontas. Lion King is in there somewhere. 96, 97, so unreal. Let's get into the movie. What do you say? Let's do it. So a voiceover begins and it tells the origin of the man known as Dracula in 1462. He's up against an oppressive force. Uh, The Turkish force is invading his Romanian lands. He leaves his woman, Elisabetta, to go fight. And I have a note here just setting the tone out of the gate. Ominous music, fire, and Christianity. It's the Holy Trinity, like literally. <laughs> uh, he's got some sweet muscle armor, by the way. Did you see, notice that? Like, it's like a flayed man almost. Yeah. It's supposed to I, resemble muscle. I, I wonder. Yeah, I, I feel like I had read somewhere that that took inspiration from something. But now I'm blanking. I'm blanking on why they went with that. But yeah, I, I liked it. I really liked it. It's like good House Bolton armor. <laughs> so a battle ensues. Uh, and just a bunch of people getting impaled and he's holding some dude up. He's got tremendous back strength to hold that guy up with the pole through him, like just up in front of him. Well, it's incredible. Must be insane. Mm-hmm. Dracula then gets a Peter tingle and senses something happens to his beloved. And the Turks have used fake news and sent a message stating Dracula had died in battle. Elizabeth forwards the Facebook post and takes her home life by jumping into a ravine. It's a ravine or is it a drop off canyon gully chasm? What is that? It's a river, right? Because later on, she talks about how she's like the river woman or, you know, it during one of the flashbacks we'll get to later. She talks about being a woman in the river. Um, So definitely a river. It looks pretty deep to just be a river. I mean, there can be a river at the bottom, but that's a ravine at least. Oh, like where she jumped. Like, yeah, I think, like I think she... she jumped from the castle into the river that, like, I think the river's there as a moat. 
mm. or the castle. It, it's not like a fjord. I don't think so. Do they even have fjords in in no, hypothetical you Transylvania? Go to Scandinavia. Right. Yeah, yeah. No. You're right. That's silly. So, okay. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, she. I mean, you don't even see it. She disappears into the smoke. That's got to be pretty substantial. That's why I don't yeah, think it's just a river. But didn't they but... get her body back? Because she ended up in the in the sanctuary in like the next scene. Yeah, I mean, they get her body back, but somebody retrieved like her. Deep river. All right. You think there's just somebody whose job it was, like body retriever? Like what? 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 Who, give me the sequence of events. So the the queen jumped off, right? Yeah. So no, the princess jumps off, and then they're like, well. I don't have to go get bread until Thursday. I guess mm. I can get her then. I think that's it. Like, hey, does anyone need to go out? Like, I think that's what it is. See, I like <laughs> to think that they found the most junior person who stayed behind. Right. And like, you know, almost like hazing the new guy. Just, you know, uh, you know, whenever whenever somebody jumps off this, you know, it's it's the new person who has to go and get him. Like, really, guys? Like, that's that's a real thing. Like I every time, dude, every time sucks i had to do it yeah take your take your waiters meanwhile everyone's freaking out this is the first time take your waiters make sure <laughs> you don't want to get wet socks in in november and for sure i mean that's Transylvania. the tale's oldest time dracula travels through the country land <laughs> rife with impaled enemies by the way which is uh, actually true and finds his dead lover enraged dracula denounces his faith and christianity uh and stabs the cross at the altar he definitely hit a pipe somewhere because that's like a three grand job minimum. Plumber's going to ding you on labor. Uh, <laughs> blood is just leaking from the altar everywhere. And Dracula screams. The title is shown. Fast forward to London, 1897. We see the lunatic asylum. Love child of Lyle Lovett and Ron Perlman is speaking to the ceiling. He eats bugs. He's calling the ceiling master, saying his work is complete. His name is Renfield. We then see uh, Keanu Reeves, his name is Harker, Jonathan Harker, being assigned a prestigious account. He's taking over for Renfield. Now I just have a note here. What is that said? I, I was so confused. His accent was so bad. It, it, I had to go back to understand what year they were in. I was like, where it what is happening right now? I watched this movie at about three in the morning because I couldn't sleep one night. And I let out the biggest laugh when I heard the first words out of his mouth. And this is nothing against Keanu Reeves, because it's gotta be really tough, right? And he's always kind of had that kind of um West Coast accent. But this one was a, a stretch. I, I couldn't follow along with this one. The I I remember having the thoughts. I saw him up there. I didn't know he was in the movie, right? I see him come up on screen. I'm like, oh, Keanu Reeves. And then he speaks, and I'm like, oh, Keanu Reeves. Oh, didn't feel good. <laughs> no, but there's, a again, right, citing, give, crediting IMDb facts or the trivia or whatever they call this section. Um Years after the movie came out, he wasn't happy with the work, stating he had been exhausted for making several movies right on the heels of signing and that he tried to raise his, raise his energy for the role, but quote, but I just didn't have anything left to give, end quote. So it, I don't think he was happy with it. No, that, and, you know, far be it for me, you know, far be it for me to criticize him. He's obviously one of the best actors ever, but it just didn't work for me in this movie. 
you know, he was working a lot then, so I could totally see, and it's a great opportunity. So why would you pass it up? Even if you are overworked. Um, yeah. To work with that cast, right. To work with the cast alone. For sure. Right. Think, think about the scene that I mean, we'll talk about the scene later, but like that shaving scene. Yeah. Right. It was like, a, yeah. it was just a good, you know, it was a good scene. Yeah. His, <laughs> the acting was awesome. His acting so, is, I mean, is good. His accent is bad, but his acting is good. Agreed. Still in this movie. Yeah. We then see Winona Ryder again. Um, this time her name is Mina. Her accent is better. Um, and she is with Jonathan Harker and they are clearly in love. Uh, they kiss and then peacock feather shows. So that means they do it, I guess. No, 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 no. That was I think they used it for the transition. Oh, right. Like they wanted to transition into the was it the sun or the moon was the next scene. Yeah, something yes. like that. So I think it was to be able to transition out one other. I'm just going to throw interesting facts at you. Please. Right? You know, so always one of the cool things was that I guess uh, Coppola was a big fan of not using too much special effects, right? So he hired, he, I guess he fired the whole special effects department. He hired his, because they said like, no, we have to use special effects. We can't just use tricks of film, like film tricks. Um, so he hires his son and all of the like dissolves and transitions and everything aside from that one scene later with the blue flame, but everything else was done using like filming tricks. So wow. The transitions and stuff like that, I think they you could definitely tell that was a big part of the movie. Right. At first, when I saw them, I'm like, oh, they must have used like every new dissolving like in PowerPoint, how you transition yeah. from slides. Right. Yep. They probably just got a, a program for the first time. We're like, let's just use them all because they use screen wipes and tra like fades and a circle becomes a circle and like inside out. Right. Like they use all these transitions. But I think they actually went very analog. And so when you see shapes overlapping i think it's probably for effect but also, but also probably is because of that yeah. like it had to do with the techniques too also i should just clarify obviously they don't do it because later on they mentioned that they have only kissed but i always just thought that peacock was like a euphemism but anyway it we then forward to a uh clearly a model train and it shows that Harker is traveling to Budapest. And then I have a note here. Uh, Budapest. Budapest. Awful. <laughs> awful. I was like, OK, it's a fictional world, so I'll give it to him. Maybe it's not the same Budapest that we know. But is that how you pronounce it in like old timey English? Like, why would he add a couple of extra letters and syllables in there? Otherwise, it's got to be right. I think he just was trying to dial it up. And uh, unfortunately, it's over the top yeah i think it, it needs to be a little more subtler than that but who am i to to judge accents harker's heading to the carpathian mountains he reads a letter from his friend d that was a really nice way to end his letter did you catch that yeah also fun fact they almost named the movie d instead what? of what they named it so uh, i wonder if that have been bram stoker's that's d. an artifact from the book <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just D. It was just going to be named D. I don't know. I, something like that. But we now hear uh, Mina's diary entry. And I do kind of like how in this movie they have the diaries speak for themselves and kind of give you the character's state of mind. This is almost like uh, alluding to like the play uh, where you can have a soliloquy or something. Mina states that uh, her and Jonathan are not married, but she's glad that he's working. So a check's coming in. Then it goes back to Jonathan. His carriage stops. 
and he is given a cross by his gypsy Uber and they leave him there. And then it begins to storm. We see a botched taxidermy uh, taxidermy job. And then we see a white wolf appear, Namiria. And then a carriage comes into view. And he is picked up by a silent armored driver that has a funnel around his neck, it looks like. Uh, and that's when I wanted to stop you because we have reached our Lemon Law time. So our Lemon Law time, uh, for those of you who don't know, is uh, 666 seconds into the movie. We get to decide whether or not and the movie is a lemon. It's kind of like a, a rule we based inspired off of How I Met Your Mother with Barney Stinson. Five minutes into the date, uh, he can leave. No questions asked. Uh, lemon Law, the date. Um, so Vishal, I say to you, 666 seconds into the movie, is it a, a lemon or is it a good movie? It was close. The opening was really strong. And then the English accent debacle of 1894 or whatever it was occurred but that scene with the driver lifting him pulling him and him not having a reaction i think that's what threw me off the most about that scene is counter reeves was just like yeah cool um yeah of course of course i get levitated off the ground and pulled in yeah. to the carriage no big deal that almost did it for me i don't know i was close on this one but um i i think at that point this might have been a lemon. It might have been a lemon for me. I think I would have, if not recording of this podcast, I, I might have stopped and be like, eh, what else is on? I was out until I heard him say, be you depressed. And then I was in. <laughs> yeah, so this one I, I was definitely in for. I The cast alone, uh, once I saw the credits, I, I was along for the ride, even if it was over two hour runtime, uh, which did feel a little long, but we can get into that. Well, okay, so... You are cast, right? So let me let me throw this to all right. So you hadn't seen like Gary Oldman yet. Well, yeah. that's not true. You yeah. saw him. Yeah. Right. You saw Anthony Hopkins. Yep. But I guess back then. So, all right. You had seen all the main characters, right? Pretty much. And I guess you knew Gary Oldman was coming back. Did you know? Anthony Hopkins. No, I did not. Actually, in the beginning, <laughs> I didn't even know that it was Anthony Hopkins doing the voiceover in the beginning. I just thought to myself, hey, that sounds a lot like Anthony Hopkins. And then I saw his name in the credits. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> well, he was he was also he was the one priest. of the priests, right? Yeah. So I thought I, I didn't know if they did this back then, but I feel like nowadays sometimes they'll do more cameo roles, right? For big names. Right. Um, but they won't headline them. So I wasn't even sure if he was anything more than just that role and the voiceover guy. Like, I didn't know he was going to come back later. So I don't know if, if you knew that Anthony Hopkins was done, that takes one out of four. You saw what you saw, what you were going to get out of um, Keanu Reeves. Right. So yeah, he's still at that point. You still thought. Yeah. 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 I was still in Budapest. <laughs> well, arriving uh, at the castle, uh, a blue flame is seen and they kind of just like, huh, weird. <laughs> and that's about it. Uh, to your point earlier, Jonathan lets a lot slide in this movie before he gets really curious. Yeah. Yeah. So that the blue flame, I guess, is a reference in the book. I didn't really get exactly what it does, but it's something to do with it happens rarely and denotes that some treasure might be near something like that. It, there's a there's a more a book context, but they. Which is, it's weird because they do it 
it's one of the only like special effects that they use rather than film techniques. And I don't even know if it added anything to the movie. I mean, I guess it confused me, which maybe that was like, maybe I was supposed to get as disoriented as John was, right? Maybe that was the point. Yeah. But I don't know if it really added anything. It's just weird. I feel like they could have done something else if that was what they were going for. As John exits the carriage, some rocks fall behind him for some reason. They don't really mention that at all. Uh, And then Mr. Burns, I mean, an old man welcomes Harker to the castle. It is Count Dracula. It totally looks like Mr. Burns from the Halloween special. They did a great job because I had never seen this movie before, so I didn't know that's who they were referencing. An homage to Field of Dreams when John crosses the threshold of the house. They really linger on that step. Yeah, I didn't get what they were doing there. I I know that in like vampire lore, you got to invite somebody in right early got to invite the vampire yeah, the vampire in? thing yeah so i don't really understand why they made a big deal about that but maybe it's because he was about to be in prison later and that was like the last I, I don't really know why they lingered there i was gonna ask you about that i i thought the same thing i know that it i mean from the lost boys uh certainly they reference that you have to invite the vampire in but other than that, I, I don't know anything about why they lingered. Maybe his last chance to leave or the last time he leaves. the ha- I don't know. Just thinking off the top of my head. Jonathan is then given dinner. Dracula says that he has already dined. He doesn't drink wine. Jonathan notices a painting and asks if it was a distant relative. Dracula talks about the order of the dragon. The order pledged to defend the church. He states their fallout as Jonathan laughs. This triggers Dracula. He states that he is the last of his kind. Jonathan then apologizes. We see a document signed from Dracula. Jonathan, I guess, is a notary or some kind of lawyer, a realtor maybe, because they talk about buying some property in Carfax uh, in London. Uh, Some shadow play behind Keanu that he completely ignores, along with these nasty-ass hands. Did you see his hands when he touched them? Yeah, they, I mean, just great... it was so creepy. They did, they did such a good job doing that. And like the shadows, the shadows thing was an interesting, like it ran throughout the movie, right? You see a lot of shadow play in the background. One, it's cooler knowing they didn't really use special effects. That was like, they had to use lighting basically to play on that, right? Right. I like how they used the shadows a lot. It was a little on the nose, right? It was very much a, what is the character's feeling type of thing? I, maybe there's something even deeper that I missed, but I, I really liked how they did that. I thought that was well done. Yeah, this movie didn't really let you guess what the characters were feeling. They kind of just told you along the way. Dracula states that he longs to see London. Jonathan says that he's now the owner of property. Uh, Dracula states Jonathan's firm has recommended him due to his great taste. And then I have a note. Is this going to be the whole fucking movie? (laughs) (laughs) That one was a little like, yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do we really need to do this? How serious are we taking this movie? That was the closest I feel like they got to like a Mel Brooks type moment. You yeah, know, I, I saw that and I'm like, oh, well, I mean, Dracula dead and loving it. Yep. Have you seen that? Yep. Yeah. Yep. OK. Yeah. So uh, Harker asks about why Dracula needs 10 houses in his area in the Carfax area. Dracula starts to wax poetic and use the force to look at a picture of Mina well, that's interesting, right? Like, why was he going to London before he realized uh, Mina was there? Right? Like, because he didn't know she existed until he came. Of course, of course, he did. No, he didn't. He didn't know she existed until Harker. Yes, this whole thing was set in motion before the movie starts. That's why Renfield is in the asylum. 
Well, how would he have known who Mina is? He found her. He's Dracula. He found her. I thought he found her when Harker came and he saw the picture. I thought that's how he found her. No, he knew about her already. That's how he arranged for Harker to come. That's what was the plan was in motion. That's why Renfield in the beginning um, says, you know, everything's ready. Everything's prepared. You know, Renfield goes crazy so that he was managing Dracula's account. Renfield then goes crazy. Dracula makes him go crazy because he knows that Mina exists. And so then they have uh, Harker take over the account, which then forces Harker to come out, which then Dracula then goes to London to find Mina because he knows that there's no guy around. So he's trying to, you know, okay, he's trying to woo this her. This whole thing was already without her fiance. Yeah, nearby. because that's his woman. Yeah, because it's Elizabeth uh, reincarnate. So that's why he had Harker come out so he could trap him. It's the same person. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I thought that the seeing the picture. Are you sure? Because I feel like there was some dramatic pausing when he saw the picture and like everything changed at that moment. That's actually a pretty big de- deal. Like I maybe misunderstood part of this movie. Though. We're going to have to go back. Maybe I misunderstood. But I mean, why else does let's take Renfield it to, let's send it up crazy. to the booth, send it up to the boys in the booth. Let's yeah. just take a quick pause. Like, can we get some Jeopardy music, Marco, or something like that? Just let, let's send it up. I, I we need a booth review on this. Hold on. Ruling on the field is that that Dracula is first noticing who she is after Harper gets there. Not before. It seems like based off the scene, all things point that way. Right? He changes his demeanor. He's, he kind of spills the ink, draw out the hair. Harker gives a double meaning statement. Oh, you found Mina. Um, and then the shadow is kind of killing him right in the background with the hands around the neck. So I think yeah. we're supposed to believe that he just realized that she exists um, and not before. Gotcha. So I think the I think why the first guy went crazy is because he came here and this place is crazy. <laughs> and I also think that Dracula probably just got into his head and messes with people. And that's just kind of what he does. I, I don't really know. Maybe he was actually planning on doing that to Harker, too. But now when this happened, like all his plans change. I don't know. That, that's why I'm not sure about like why. Why was he planning to go to London? Why? Yeah. Why is he moving to London? Already, because he's doing it before he knows Mina is there based on this theory. But I guess uh, for another time, that's that's how I interpret it. But he waxes poetic. Uh, he looks at a picture of her. Jonathan states uh, that Dracula found Mina. More shadow play as he asked the count if he was married. The sadness from the count. And uh, then Dracula basically tells Jonathan to stay for a month, then walks away very weirdly. And this is another instance where Jonathan just lets a lot of shit slide. Yeah, this is super creepy. The count looks super creepy. Everything's weird. Everything's so weird. <laughs> Supernaturally weird, too. Not just even a little weird. Just really, really off. But I don't know. I feel like everybody in this movie kind of just lets stuff slide that they shouldn't. You know, maybe that's just the thing they did back then. It was then. a different time. Maybe, maybe that's like in our late 1800s mindset like oh yeah no problem everything's cool we're all cool it's all fine we'll be right back june 15th it has been weeks 
of trying to scare Jonathan into calling for his betrothed, Mina. First, my shadow does its best to scare him, but he walks around like a steed with blinders. Second, I sprayed blood all over his eggs, Benedict, when he asked for ketchup. But he scraped off the plate and started scribbling away in his diary. Oh, he's scribbling. After that passive-aggressive maneuver, I marched to his room and sucked a peach martin dry right in front of him. As he answered the door, he said, Thank you. And shut the door. I am going to need to take a long look in the mirror if I cannot scare one British Pacific lawyer. Eh, see what I did there? If you can't laugh, you can't live. 9th June, Dracula's Castle. I fear after meeting my new client, I may have unintentionally offended him and will need to work extra hard to stay in his good graces, especially if I am to be awarded Exeter's Q3 Goodest Boy at Soliciting Award. I noticed the light is quite inconsistent in his home and made it a point to stay up late into the night and keep the castle well lit. They must not have very good tomatoes in Budapest because the ketchup he serves is like licking plumbing of an indoor outhouse, but I have cleaned my plate each morning without fuss. But what will really put me over the top is after Count Dracula dropped the not-so-subtle hint of his rodent problem, I have acquired the services of the local bestiary for the castle for the next fortnight to address the infestation of small creatures and bats within the castle. I do believe the Count will be deeply pleased. I should really call Mina to come celebrate the good news. That award is as good as mine. hear Mina's diary entry. She is staying with her bestie, Lucy. Uh, Mina is reading porn, Arabian Nights. Lucy comes in, wants her to stop working and start working it with John. And then uh, Mina's porn stash gets discovered. And they all marvel at doggy style. They also dish over Jonathan. And Mina states that Jonathan is insecure about his lack of funds. Lucy says that she has had no marriage proposals and she's already 20. And it's some banter there to describe the depth, I guess, of Mina and John's relationship. Lucy, by the way, redhead, uh, did not have a redhead in this movie. But, you know, uh, I guess that is kind of uh, exotic and kind of goes with the um, what you think of, like the romanticism theme. Like, I always think of that in like that time period is like this, like lush, like redhead. And she's, uh, of course, the overtly sexual one. Yeah. The women are at a party uh, and there's a text in there. Quincy P. Morris, who is as Texan as it gets, is missing the red hat, I guess. Uh, I think they were role playing. And then a, a guy named uh, Jack comes in and does like a Dick Van Dyke pratfall uh, to steal Lucy away. I didn't catch on that he was, you know, intoxicated at the time. And that's the that's the same doctor who who oversaw the like the asylum. At Renfield. Fairfax, right. Or Carfax. Yeah, I didn't put that together until the second time we saw him as a doctor. I didn't get him in the beginning, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Jack is the doctor uh, for Renfield. 
And then Arthur Holmwood arrives, Carrie Elwes, uh, and he seems rich. And Lucy seems like a hoe. <laughs> and all the men are suitors. Uh, what, so she's uh, trying to buy. Could you figure affection. out the relationship between those three guys? Like, what are what were they before? This is a very um, kind of common thing in that theme as well, uh, where the woman has a bunch of suitors and the men are vying for her affection. So she doesn't have any marriage proposals yet, but she's trying to find the right man. And then they are to be wed once she picks the guy. But they're all friends, kind of. Uh, They all know each other. Yeah, they all know each other. But like Arthur is clearly rich. The Texan is from you know America, so he's exotic. And then you have I think he knows Arthur, the Texan. And then you have who, while they know each other, you know, they're they might not be the best of friends, but they do know. But I mean, other. he calls. This is the doctor he calls when she gets sick. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, and he's a psychiatrist, I guess. Or is he? A- I got I got bachelor vibes. I'm just going to throw that out there. Like with, the, you know, there might be some lore here that like the bachelor got its roots from Victorian England. I'm just saying, like, I like it. You know, they all were vying, but they're all kind of friends, you know, like. They won one and then they all stayed friends. It's just weird. It's just weird. That's all. I don't know. I feel like in most other movies, I don't know much about Victorian England firsthand, but but it seems in a lot of the other fiction I've seen about the period, I feel like suitors aren't friends. They're like cutthroat enemies that, you know, go at it. These guys were just boys. I don't know. Well, they clearly they clearly all know each other um, or at least, uh, you know, like you said, the doctor and Arthur do. And then Quincy and Arthur do for sure. I didn't get that the Texan and Jack really knew each other. And uh, then Dracula's shadow is seen at her party. Mm-hmm. And Zordon or Dracula's face appears. Uh, that's what I was reminded of. His face looks like Zordon. Yep. Not Zordon on the screen. We're talking old Dracula now, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not the Zordon that, that appears on the screen. But if you saw the Power Rangers where... You see Zordon as like a little alien creature. His face looks similar. I don't know if that's what you were talking about. Yes. Okay. Same page. Just just making sure. We then see the doctor discussing a patient of his into some uh, archaic recording device. So I hope that's uh, encrypted for HIPAA. And they're talking about Renfield. He critiques Renfield's diet of bugs. Uh, Renfield then asks for a kitten or a cat. Then he spills the beans on needing lives for the master so he can be immortal. Renfield then bites the doctor, freaks out, screams, blood. The blood is the life. The blood is the life. So at that point, he's just crazy and he's not immortal, right? We know that he wants to be like, that's part of his whole why I'm your slave. I'd like to become immortal. Yeah, right? he's so that, not a vampire. At right. That, point. that bite does nothing. Um, right. Right. Vampirically, the, vampirically. If I had to guess, he's mimicking what he had seen. Right. Okay. Right? And he just right. bites him on the neck. So then we get Harker's diary and he states strange things are going on. He doesn't like how Dracula is ogling Mina's picture. We see Dracula has no reflection and a killer reach. He just reaches him from the doorway and then he enters Jonathan's room. Door shuts on his own, which I think Jonathan can totally see. Let's it slide. Let's it slide again. Uh, Jonathan cuts his neck shaving. Dracula shatters the mirror with the force and then licks the blade out of sight. 
of John. And that hit feels so good when he's when he does it. Mm-hmm. And then he recommends that Jonathan grow a beard, which I kind of like that throwaway that, line. That was good. That was funny. <laughs> Stop <laughs> shaving. Just grow a beard. Stop cutting yourself, you klutz. <laughs> Dracula finishes shaving uh, Jonathan and recommends he not travel throughout the rest of the castle, which is not exactly a veiled threat. And then Jonathan's cross catches Dracula's eye, uh, which puts him off. And then What's he the, warns against. What are some movies that do that scene really well? The I'm going to shave you scene, right? Like that's throwback to Game of Thrones, right? There's clearly that scene, but that's a completely different context. Right. You know, <sighs> there's a there's a scene in Pan's Labyrinth that always sticks out to me where he's shaving in the mirror. I feel Just like shaving in general huh? or somebody shaving somebody else. Yeah, that one is he's shaving himself. But no, no, somebody shaving somebody else like to, to build the tension. You could have killed them at that moment, but didn't type of right. Yeah. Like, oh, boy. I mean, there's a classic story. I remember I, I think it's a Spanish story of something like that, where there's a barber and there's some sort of dictator who comes in for a shave. Yeah, yeah, he, there's something he knows Spanish. that he could what do was it. that? Yeah, he knows that he could kill him, but he chooses not to. And he's worried about like the swirls on his neck, the whirls on his neck. He doesn't want to kill him, even though he does, because he's a barber. And he he debates it the whole time. Well, I recall that. But other than that, I can't recall somebody shaving someone else. Okay. Other than Neil I and feel Jane. like there's some classic ones, but I, I don't know. Let's keep it going. Yeah. So Dracula warns against putting faith in such trinkets. He says strange things may start to happen. Jonathan then loses his shit and yells, strange things are happening, which I have a note, bye-bye accent. Uh, He just became Keanu getting (laughs) mad. Jonathan likes the music of the wolves. Uh, He then leaves, but his shadow lags behind. I did kind of like this effect. And then immediately he crawls on the walls of the castle in front of Jonathan out the window, which was kind of wild. Yeah, I lost the plot there. It's like cats out of the bag, like you're not going anywhere type of thing. I don't know. Well, once he gets the letters. Yeah, once he gets the letters. Which again. All right. So see, that's that's more support. Right. He, he got the letters to find the address because he didn't know that she was there and where she lived. I figured the letters were just to let everyone know he was staying there for a month and then it didn't matter anymore because it was the plan was sealed. Once he's there for a month. So he has in his writing that he's there for a month because like the second he's he gives him the letters, strange shit happens. Jonathan, in a voiceover, knows he is a prisoner. He explores the castle anyway. Discovers a medicine cabinet, uh, sees a vial that drips to the ceiling. I want to know what drug that is. Uh, And then hears Mina's voice call to him, or I thought it was Mina's voice. He's instructed to lay back and does so. A woman appears in front of him topless and another next to him and another. They melt his cross and begin to kiss him. Uh, They certainly look like vampires to me and they bite him on the wrists and dick, apparently. Dracula shows up and he's pissed and he says, John's his bitch. And they ask if they can eat tonight, and Dracula uh, throws them a baby to feed on, which was kind of awful, having a young son. And John screams, Dracula laughs. So that was pretty wild to see. That was probably the most shocking scene of this whole movie. That was super disturbing. I I had to pause for a minute to even figure out, like, why? Why? Right? Like, why have a baby there? I mean, why eat veal? Yeah, does he just conjure the baby out of nowhere? Like it's in his robe and it was qu- quiet before because he was there for a little bit. Right. I didn't hear a baby. 
Yeah, let's let's talk about like how how is he staying alive? Right? Like how is he and his harem and whatever other peeps he had in that castle staying alive, right? Because they needed blood. Yeah. So they were getting blood from somewhere. But like who? Could be the gypsies. Could be other people that the gypsies bring to them. Uh my yeah. my guess is just a bunch of people that they just prey on. And like Dracula can go wherever they do a lot of liberties with his powers in this movie. Um, and I feel like he can basically do whatever he wants. Yeah. I don't know that that baby scene was. Yeah. Yeah. That one, I was not expecting that. And that one kind of messed me up. Disturbing. Disturbing. That one hit me at like four in the morning. So that one was pretty wild. That might've been the creepiest scene. Like the scare. It, I, I don't know if this was a scary horror movie. It was a suspenseful one, right? It was like a gory one. I don't know if I'd say I was really scared, but that one was maybe the, I don't know if it was the scariest part, but it was the most unsettling. Let's call it. I agree. So Jonathan's letter arrives to Mina. She is informed of his lengthy stay. Uh, she definitely doesn't like how short it is. The letter, at least. Jonathan observes the gypsy workforce filling boxes of earth and shipping them to Carfax. He wonders why Dracula is doing that. And then he acid trips uh, that Dracula is in a gorgeous gold robe. So I'm not really sure what he kind of sees there. Um, or previews, but clearly that's, I guess, how Dracula gets moved in his own soil or something like that. Yeah, I think I think the way it works. So the way I understood what was going on, right, because just thinking through his powers, right, some you've gone through and some you haven't. Right. He's he's definitely got some weather control, right? Some like fog and weather control. He's got some animal control going on. So the way I interpreted it was. One, he has to like they made the soil holy. So I think that there's some like anti-holy properties to like his homeland, Mm. like where he domiciles is like desecrated earth. So I think he has to take that earth with him or else he can't like sleep and recharge. Right. Right. So like his his immortality is somehow tied to that earth, which is why I think he needs to be shipped in it, because if he's going over the ocean, like he's no longer on his earth. Yeah. And like the way I, I kind of interpreted it was he had like a rejection of God, which like spurred this whole thing on. So like he got more grounded in nature, like no pun intended. Right. So like, that's kind of how I saw the dichotomy lining up is they, they pulled him away from the, let's say like the holy and the spiritual. And like, he became more absorbed by like the earthly powers. And that's where his supernatural started to move and and kind of base itself turning into animals and bats and weather and all that kind of stuff. That's how I kind of saw it. That's interesting about the nature aspect. And, you know, now that you say that, like clearly all of his powers do kind of revolve around that aspect and it clearly has some influence over it. So he's very powerful and connected with nature and animals and things like that. Um, So I do like how you drew that. It's cool how they did it. Like, It's just they had different supernatural orders almost, right? And so there was the holy order where it manifested in like, you know, the cross and Van Helsing did some of the stuff later that we'll go into with, you know, like there's definitely power in like the Christian God. Then you have like the nature supernatural. Then there was a little bit of like weird science technology supernatural, right? Like you saw that they were doing a bunch of stuff that was a little like crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's 
supernatural exists in the world and there's different sects almost. There's like different orders of supernatural and they kind of demonstrated a lot of them across. And it's interesting how they they did that. Yeah. Um, We then go to Lucy and Mina discussing Lucy's impending marriage to Arthur Holmwood. She asked Mina to be the maid of honor. And Lucy asks Mina what is wrong. Mina expresses her concerns over Jonathan's letter. It then begins to rain a couple drops, and that is apparently hilarious in 1897 because they both laugh and giggle. Then an image appears of Dracula and a storm rolls in. We see a ship, the Demeter, 50 boxes of experimental earth sent for England. Then we see Lucy and Mina frolicking in the maze, in a maze during a storm. They kiss, followed by a shot of a zoo. The ship then states the crew is worried that someone is aboard the ship. Then we hear screams and see blood. Then it goes to Renfield, stating the master is here. And then people are getting hosed in the asylum. Uh, His doctor is actually intrigued by Renfield's method. We see Jack shooting up with morphine and upset over Lucy, not choosing him. You know what I thought was interesting? When I first saw the, the guards... Right. Like with the boxes over their head, I didn't really understand what was going on. That was for their protection. Right. Is that what's going on? I guess. Yeah. So like people can't bite them or like hit their face. Yeah. That's what it seemed like. It, it, they, so, yeah. So their faces were protected is what it seemed like. Yeah. That's a, the, the only other time I've seen that visual that's sticking out in my mind is the there's a video game. Oh, uh, well, yeah. 13 ghosts for sure. Right. So that was like the ghost was in that head. Uh, protector right so Uh that was like a torture actually what was the um oh the nick cage movie wicker man yeah where he had the cage and the bees right yep but then there was a video game called bloodborne where like there was a whole college of scientists who had their heads in that sort of a thing they were all dead at that point but i think Mm. they were like some sort of a sciencey guild or sect or something and i remember watching playthroughs of that game so i don't remember exactly what their role was but like they were sciencey people and they also had boxes over their heads so it was interesting i I thought that's something maybe deeper with science but i don't know what it is i don't know if you knew no a werewolf looking creature shows up to lucy's place mina sees lucy is gone and her cross is on her bed lucy is out into the garden going to meet dracula during the storm and mina follows the werewolf is giving it to lucy surprisingly not doggy style and then bites her neck he then sees Mina. He doesn't want her to see him that way and disappears. Mina finds Lucy and tells her that she was sleepwalking. A hell of a sleepwalker. And Lucy states that she could not control herself and is freaked out by it. The shipment arrives at Carfax. Dracula has been transported to London. Nice use of newspapers, by the way, to show that the crew got got. You know, that's a nice way to just kind of editorialize what happened. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, crew goes missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut to Dracula and John Lennon glasses. Uh, spying Mina while walking on the street. He wants her to see him this way, and she does. So he's clearly using some kind of like mental manipulation. They bump into each other, and he tries to flirt, but she shuts him down. He pursues her and tells her that he is Prince Vlad. She states that her name is Wilhelmina Murray, and that is just a terrible name. I'm glad that they just go with Mina for the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's good that some old traditions died. That That's one of them, that name. Belongs buried. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies to any people listening. Name yeah. is Wilhelmina. Wilhelmina Park. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding, Wilhelmina. I love you. Miss you. We see Jack the Doctor has been sent for for Lucy. 
She's worried about changing, is what she says. She can hear better, but she's having nightmares. So Jack's solution is to give her drugs. She wants him uh, to kiss her. Arthur Holmwood returns, and the doctor states that she has uh, Lucy has something mental occurring. And then they All find... Right, so let's break through what's going on here. So she can hear, she can't sleep, right? So she has nightmares. So uh-huh. I got the nightmares part. But like the hearing part, is she turning at that point? Oh, yeah, yeah, She's yeah. Been bitten already. She's turning at this point. Yeah. And why is Dracula targeting her? I mean, he just that's that's what he does. He just manipulates people, you know, turns them into vampires. That's kind of just his thing. It's like, why her? It's just weird. I don't and know. Just in general. I mean, he does it to a bunch of people. I don't think it's anything specific other than just somebody in Mina's corner that he can further manipulate. Mm. Uh, Abraham Van Helsing has been tapped and Arthur wants no expense spared for his woman. So uh, Jack goes out and finds his old teacher, I guess. So then we see Mina and Vlad at the movie theater and they have a moment. Vlad drags her to a secluded area and talks dirty Romanian to her. (laughs) Mina feels like he knows that she knows him somehow and he can't bring himself to bite her neck. A wolf then scares the crowd and interrupts the moment. Vlad orders it away and tells everyone that it's a service animal. Uh, and then she, Amina, ends up petting his dog. And then he takes her home and they part ways. Not literally. <laughs> yeah. No, no, literally she pets his dog. <laughs> uh, you know, his wolf. It's not a euphemism. They part ways after that. I didn't really like the cinemagraph scene, but it's fine. It, I felt like this movie... Could probably have been about 20 minutes shorter, but I guess they wanted a lot of depth in their relationship. I think I read that they cut like 30 minutes out, by the way. They did. I have uh, the director's cut runtime. Oh, baby. The original cut runtime is 235. Okay. Yeah. So that was the first time, though, that you really see Mina start to draw towards Dracula. So before she really was kind of being standoffish, this time... She was was ready to to be with him. So they did that kind of quick there. But that was really the first time that you saw that working for. Well, him. I wonder, like, is she really is she really like a reincarnated version or like is she also getting manipulated? Like I it's hard to tell. Is this right? a mummy? Is this a mummy situation with a nooks and a moon where they have to find her soul? Right. And put it in the body and then she's her. Right. Or is she already is it already in there? And I would argue that it's the latter. I think that. Elizabetha is in there and they kind of show that later on. Now, the question is how far it is mental manipulation on Dracula's part and how much of it is actually her desire. But I feel like they make that kind of clear towards the end of the movie. We then see Van Helsing lecturing about a vampire bat. And after his uh, lecture concludes, a rousing knock of approval is heard. And I feel like we need to bring that back. The uh, rouse the round of applause is over. As far as I'm concerned, you need to knock. Yeah, I, I had that happy. tagged as can you do that? Right. Or can, or can you do that in 2021 segment? Right. Like, I feel like sometimes clapping is a little bit much for people. And so there's like waving and snapping. You know what I'm talking about? Just to like yeah. acknowledge people. Clapping isn't always cool. Well, snapping is the beatnik thing and we're not going to do that. But yeah, I think knocking on the board or knocking on a on a rail is the way to go. Knocking's coming back. 2022 is the year of the knock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
hey, hey, evergreen stuff here. Don't date us. Come on. <laughs> uh, we find uh, Keanu being fed upon by the vampire women. I mean, they're just barely keeping him alive. Uh, although it does look like it sucks, it also doesn't. Mm. Mm. Sorry, was that a little too heavy? <laughs> for the pun? Uh, Van Helsing arrives in London. 57 minutes in, I, I put. So it took him a while to show up, but he's here. And upstairs, uh, Lucy is about to masturbate while Dracula is outside of her window. He controls her in his shadow, wilts the flowers as it draws uh, near to her. And Helsing is briefed on Lucy's bloodlust condition. And then everyone hears her climax. Van Helsing finds the bite marks on her neck. He recommends a blood transfusion. Arthur comes in and all of a sudden becomes a blood donor. And they give her a shit ton of blood, medically speaking. Van Helsing then briefs his former student on what could be going on. Something took her blood, asking him to think clearly, which is kind of interesting. But Van Helsing just seems like a quack. But obviously he's right. Dracula then romanticizes over uh, Absinthe. He's dining with Mina. Mina then describes Dracula's homeland without having ever seen it. And she states that his voice is familiar. D is so hard right now. Uh, Mina then asks about the prince's princess, to which he then describes Elisabetta. And Dracula then catches Mina's tears and turns them to diamonds while he's describing it, which is a great trick. Yeah, yeah, I, re- I, re- I like that scene. I, I thought it was pretty well done. Again, though, like I, I liked it because I thought that there was a little bit of suspense, right? Like he just basically I, I don't know how common it was to have absinthe back then. Right. But <laughs> hallucinogenic theoretically right so now you've got her in an altered state how much is that how much of what she's saying is being influenced by some form of manipulation by dracula even though it seems like he's not the one doing it like you wonder because they don't show him actively manipulating people in a lot like in all the scenes that he is so i thought i really liked that scene because of that i thought it was kind of cool Jonathan is seen climbing outside of the castle. Not sure what his end game is. Uh, and then he just falls into the water below. And then you see Mina and Dracula dancing. Mr. Steal Your Girl. Jonathan is in a river. Same set as Shawshank. I have it. Certainly <laughs> looked like the same. Yeah, I, I like how they drew the parody between like her in her ancient form jumping into the river and like him, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like they're they're doing it. They're both doing it for love, right? It, it's kind of cool. There's kind of like a symmetrical element to it, right? She jumped because she thought she had lost it. He's jumping to make sure he doesn't, right, to get back to her. There's a cool piece to that. Jonathan then finds a church. He then writes to Mina and requests uh, that she come to him and marry him. She puts on some, uh, Mina puts on some music for Lucy, who looks like shit, by the way, and tells her about Jonathan. Mina says that she can't leave Lucy, but Lucy says that Mina must go. Lucy then gets triggered by garlic and then the Texan. This was the this was the only red card I had in the game. You know, was the don't worry, you can go. I'll be fine. I'll see you soon when she's on the death, like a death doorstep. It's like, oh, girl, you die in next scene. Oh, no. The Texan is there to watch her. She wants him bad. Oh, wait, if, if you're going to do a red card, you got to do it right. What do you mean? You got to have the time. You got a red okay. card. You got to have. The- OK, so one is I got it at the one hour, 12 minute mark is where I got it. Excellent. Um, Thank you. There's a, there's a clear violation of you go. 
don't worry about me. I'll be fine. Yeah, I'll be here when it you get back. It takes many forms. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, it takes many forms. But also, did we talk about the awkward dancing scene when she was trying to get in there? And like Van Helsing's trying to dance with her. Like, what? what is what is that? Right? I, I don't know. Van Helsing had some questionable tendencies in this movie. I'm not really sure what liberties the good doctor was taking. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's he's dancing with her because she had just danced with Dracula like a scene before. Uh-huh. Right. And it's like, is he saying, I know you're spending time with him? Like, is yeah. it an intimidation scene? Right. He He's smelling her. So you wonder, like, is he trying to let her know, like, dude, I know what you're doing. It, that's the only thing I could come up with was it's an intimidation scene. Yeah, they really did try to give you the yin and yang with Van Helsing and Dracula, I think, in this movie quite a bit. Yeah, I, I don't know why it was definitely out of place. It definitely felt out of place. I didn't like it. So the Texan is there to watch Lucy. Lucy wants the Texan bad. Well, his neck, at least. Van Helsing then shows that uh, Lucy's fangs are coming in. Dracula then gets the Dear John letter from Mina. She tells him that she's going to Romania to marry Jonathan. And then he cries purple. I have. Yeah, I did. You notice didn't that fully get that. It looked like. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't put it together. I, I did watch that scene a few times. I, I couldn't I couldn't figure out exactly what was going on. And then Van Helsing confirms that he is trailing Dracula, uh, but he needs to eat. Arthur watches over Lucy while drinking and playing with his gun literally right next to her, which is a great combination. And then begins to fall asleep while some gardener gets rocked by a wolf outside. Mina and John are getting married while Lucy in Romania awakens to a noise outside of her home. Dracula is outside of her window and he gives her the vampire oath as an aged Keanu. I have and Mina takes sacrament. Yeah, so it's a uh, nice Lucy then dies. It's a nice balanced view of two marriages, right? Because I'm assuming that's like she's becoming his bride. Right. Right. So that's kind of cool. Right. Um, Bride also of from the IMDb archives, that wedding was done in true Eastern Orthodox, I think, or whatever sect that was. So there's a joke that they actually they didn't get legally married, but they actually those two might be married in the eyes of God. And they text each other like, hey, husband, hey, wife, or at least they did for some period of time. Fun, fun fact. I love that. I know nothing about Winona Ryder, really, but I've heard only great things about Keanu. So um, those two seem like, you know, maybe they uh, they can really go the distance. Got it. Yeah, there it is. All right. All right. Let's just end it early. Bye, everybody. Good job, everyone. So uh, Van Helsing already wants to cut off Lucy's head and cut her heart out uh, during the funeral. But then we see Mina return to London uh, with Jonathan and they're both saddened by Lucy's death. But also intrigued. Mina's intrigued at seeing Vlad again, which is kind of interesting. Once again, they're, they're showing you that Mina does have a desire to be with Dracula. It's not just Dracula pursuing her. She wants to be with him, too. Jonathan sees Dracula and it freaks him out. I wrote, I guess, because this was kind of weak on uh, Keanu's part. Yeah, but the the whole she wants to be with them too. like, think about the crazy guy in the prison, right? Like, it's hard to tell where does Dracula's influence end and like their own desires begin, right? There's like a drug withdrawal 
type effect because like they have the morphine in there too right they remember i think they are really trying to draw these parallels between and they didn't show a lot of the addictive properties of morphine but i think that there's something there where like the influence of dracula has some something based in dopamine something where if you don't have it you still yearn for it, it it's interesting right like there's some parallel there that they've been yeah. pulling at van helsing arthur the texan and jack arrive at lucy's grave van helsing warns that lucy is undead they find that her grave is empty. Van Helsing explains that she's a vampire. They then hide and find that Lucy returns to feed on a child, which would have been awful. So I'm glad that they come down and interrupt her. And then she tries to feed on Arthur. Van Helsing shows her a cross and Lucy retreats to her grave and just falls asleep. Uh, so that's kind of weak that vampires have to obey that. That was kind of awful. But then she vomits blood on him and then goes to bed. They put a stake in her heart and cut off her head. Van Helsing is then eating with Harker and Mina immediately after. So I like kind of what they did with the, the cinematography there. That was awesome. Yep. He matter of factly explains what they just did to her. And he also confirms that Jonathan won't become a vampire since Jonathan did not drink the vampire's blood. And then I have a note bastard. So I don't know what Keanu was doing there with that uh, accent as well. Uh, we see Mina in the asylum and she meets Renfield. Renfield tells her that Mina is the bride that Dracula covets. He also tells her that Dracula is coming for her and begs her to leave the asylum. Mina is shown her new quarters by Dr. Jack upstairs at the asylum. So I guess in this instance, Renfield wants her out of the asylum. He's scared of her because of the other guys that are in the asylum. And he wants her to be with the master. I So the thing I couldn't figure out is later... I mean, just the scene later, right? Like Dracula will show up in smoke form and tells and, and, and tells the crazy guy, like, you betrayed me. And I couldn't figure out what that meant. I think we are supposed to understand Dracula is like a master planner and manipulator, right? Part of me thinks that she was supposed to be at the asylum when he got there and not know that he was coming. Gotcha. I guess. But. I don't even she doesn't end up leaving, does she? Like she still stays there there. and then he comes. So I don't really know what he betrayed her doing, but that's the best I can figure out is like that's the betrayal piece. But I I don't really know. Yeah. So Van Helsing's posse finds out where Dracula slumbers. Uh, Dracula then escapes and goes to the asylum. Dracula tells Renfield that he has betrayed him and Dracula force slams him against the bars of his cell. I agree. I didn't really understand how Renfield betrayed him unless it's like you said that he kind of just tipped her, even though nothing else happened and everything goes according to his plan, I guess. The green fart vapor then enters Mina's room and Dutch ovens her. Mina states she wants to be with Dracula as he lies with her. Dracula tells her what he is, you know, a cursed being, a monster. Mina is upset that Dracula killed Lucy, but totally forgives it immediately and just can't change how she feels about him. Uh, She wants to be a vampire. Dracula then bites her, but is unable to let her complete the ritual. He doesn't want her to be condemned to his life, but she insists and Dracula 100% comes as she licks his blood and sucks it from his chest. So that's like the two step process. Yeah. Or like, yeah, Van Helsing kind of alludes to it earlier, where once you drink the vampire's blood after you're bitten, that's it. Seals the deal. Did uh, not Mina, her friend. Lucy drank Dracula's blood. Lucy did drink. her. Okay, I got you. All right. So if if they drink your blood, your blood starts to die. If you drink their blood, you live. Yeah, that's kind of the like the two rules, because if, if they just bite you, you're going to die. Right. Because then your blood well, is starting your to get destroyed. Leaving. 
yeah, you need more blood or else you die. Gotcha. They just steal your blood. So Van Helsing's group shows up. Dracula escapes as a pack of rats. Not sure why they just didn't start stomping on the rats. But Van Helsing says that Dracula is afraid. Mina, however, overrides this and says that Dracula is calm because he speaks to her. Van Helsing then hypnotizes Mina to find Dracula, and they travel to Dracula's home. As they do, Mina gets sicker and sicker. She is starting to turn. The group uses her as a decoy with Van Helsing while they try to intercept the Count. She starts coming on to Van Helsing, which he resists, kind of. Like, he totally kisses her there, doesn't put up a fight. And then all of a sudden, he puts a wafer on her head um, and then surrounds her with fire to protect her from the three bimbos of Dracula. So he he kind of was kissing her, though. No, like, am I wrong? Oh, 100%, man, for sure. I think like what it means to resist a vampire slash whatever the harem was doing to help like their allure, because like you can see he's kind of in a trance, right? So, yeah. Vampires definitely have some sort of like mind controlly ability, mm-hmm. and maybe Mina knows how to use it. Maybe, but what I'm getting is like in that same scene, the three gypsies are there too, right? Yeah. So now he's got like four vampiric manipulation voices in his head, right? And he's trying to resist them, and like a kiss is actually the best outcome there. Fair, right? So that's that's what I was taking, like. He really, really should have done more. Probably, he gets a little bit of sucking too. I, th- I think he gets a little bit of the nipple. I think he gets a little bit of the nipple. I agree. I'm not gonna lie. I agree. I think it's down there. He protects Mina from the three bimbos and upset. They kill his horse, which he gets really mad, really mad, and he then finds them uh, while they sleep the next day, and he cuts the three of their heads off and throws them into a crevice. Or a yeah, ravine the, the, or a gully. The next few scenes with Van Helsing are just not don't make any sense. I lose them completely. I thought he was mad about the horse because now they can't. They're immobile. That's yep. why I thought he was mad about the yep. horse. Then he finds them immediately. I have no idea how. And where are they sleeping? Because they live in the castle. They're just laying somewhere. Yeah. Wh- where are they? I don't get it. Like, how did he find them? And then a little bit later, they they get to the castle. So then the horse wasn't a mobility problem. So like, why did he get upset? He really liked that horse. That the horse was really killed. liked it. I guess the gypsies are transporting Dracula and he senses that Mina is near. Uh, Van Helsing sees that they are racing against sunset. Parker's group is in pursuit. By the way, there's a guy on the back of a wagon who is fighting and he dies by sword. Like he has a gun. He's on the back with a gun and the guy has a sword and he's just using his gun to deflect the sword, not shooting the guy with the sword. So bad on the gypsy. Mina then conjures a storm to help Dracula. So that kind of alludes how powerful she's getting before she full on turns, I guess. And then I have Dracula looking like old Bilbo Baggins laying in dirt while he's observing this. (laughs) The Texan gets stabbed in the back, but continues to fight uh, heroically. Hooray, U.S. spirit. Uh, And then the gates close on the group that separates uh, Mina from the rest of them uh, with Van Helsing. And then uh, Dracula emerges from his box. That was that was an absolutely useless portcullis, by the way, because those spaces were so big. Yes. Like individuals could have. I mean, maybe if there was a battering ram. 
I mean, it was built in the 1400s. They just didn't know at the time. Like you could just slip through that like a, like a human <laughs> being, a today size human being, because they were smaller back then. Right. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at these bars, they're massive. Yes, they're massive. <laughs> like she accidentally almost falls through one. Right. Mina almost accidentally trips and falls through the bars and is on the other side <laughs> instead of taking the detour. Uh, Dracula emerges from his box and Harker cuts his throat. The Texan then stabs Dracula in the heart and then Mina. Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You, did you just skip the fact that he looks like he's about to be in a derelict fashion show <laughs> like like Zoolander derelict, like straight up? fabulous garbage of the homeless <laughs> it's that gold robe again it it looks ridiculous <laughs> that was a ridiculous choice i mean maybe it's because it's snowing and he's really old now i don't know he looks it's ridiculous. How he travels. i bet you it's really comfy it's probably sean john it's the pockets it's the pockets <laughs> the texan stabs dracula in the heart mina then points a gun at all of them and she leads dracula away from the group the Texan, I guess, adrenaline wears off and dies. And then Dracula and Mina find a secluded spot and they kiss as he lay dying, which gross, by the way, because there's blood all over his mouth. Dracula asks Mina to kill him. And this is kind of where you find out, you know, how devoted she is to him. And uh, she does so. She drives the uh, knife through, which I thought was it. Um, however, badass Winona Ryder there takes the knife out of his heart and then just beheads Dracula, which is awesome. And the credits roll uh, as you look at the painting of uh, Dracula and Elisabetta. And then I have like a prayer plays. End <laughs> <laughs> scene. They, they, they let him, do you remember that there was a scene? Uh, part of that dialogue was like, our, our job is done, but hers is only beginning. Something like that. Yeah, where um, when she leads when she's pointing the gun at them and she leads Dracula away and she tells yeah, John she it, tells right? Jonathan, like, you do the same for me. So she, that's when you find out, like, she really does love Dracula. I, I didn't understand, like, our work is done. Hers is only just begun. Like, do you think they knew? Like, yeah, we got him. Yeah, like, that's it. Like, like we got him in the heart and he's gone. Like, she's turning now and she's going to turn and be there for a while. But like Dracula, we got him. You think that's what they meant? Yeah, I think so. Now, the question is, like, you know, once you kill him, do all the vampires go away? Do they all stop? I don't know the answer to that question. They didn't answer that here. So I just don't know. They left that open ended. I think they kind of did because he died. She looked at the cross and then her wound healed. Mm. If I had to guess what's going to happen is that like now they're in this ever ended like this never ending loop, right? Where she's got to live and wait for him to come back. They basically do this all over again. Like their bond is stronger than death type of deal. So now that's it, right? They're just going to go back and forth forever. Like, I, I think, don't know, because then, you know, I feel like Jonathan has a say about that. It's not going to be happy about that. Yeah. Two hour, eight minute runtime. Two hours, 35, like I said before, the original cut. I guess we can just go with overall impressions. Was well, it- we, we didn't we didn't play what's that pill. So we oh. just got to play what's that pill real quick. Yeah. The morphine, right? <laughs> the uh, the anti-gravity drug of uh-huh. 
mystery. Um, yeah. Could have been a lot of things. I'm guessing it was like a ferritin, like an oral ferritin, right? It was in Dracula's drug case. Um, I'm thinking, you know, if they go long times between, there's some sort of like an iron-based oral. It might have just been iron, really. Yeah. Could have just been iron. Well, he's he's very old. Yeah. And then the... Uh, <laughs> I, it's not a drug, but the bloodletting I thought was pretty cool. That was probably the medically most interesting and neat thing. It's yeah. not a drug, but it was a procedure. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, they use like the uh, the hand. The only way I can equate it is like the revolve system. You know what revolve is? No. It's like a. It sucks. You suck the fat out, and then you redistribute it. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> Same kind of machine. Yeah. That's that's what it reminded me of. But yeah. That's kind of how they did it back in the day. I liked it. It was good. Nobody tested blood type or, you know, RA positive. It's very cool. No, Negative. I mean, yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. They, yeah. it all I did out. like it. All out. It shows you how far we've come in a short period of time. Those needles were big as hell. Get those away from <laughs> me. I'll take the two fangs over the needle. That's all I have. Do you want to get into if it was a good horror movie? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, dude, overall impressions. It was a it was a weird movie. I I like I think there was a lot of just very good thematic things that they did. They wrote, they, you know, they had a bunch of themes with the eyes everywhere, the, the shadows tro- showing the true intention of the characters. They had like that anti-gravity going on and like the nature versus science versus, um, you know, like the religious power and all the supernatural. So there was a lot to like kind of dig your teeth and play with theories and kind of bounce your head around. I like that a lot. Horror movie. I mean, there's a lot of gore, which I, I thought was pretty cool. There was a lot of disturbing scenes, which I thought was cool too. Not too many jump scares, just a lot of like things to make you very uneasy. So in that sense, I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it. This kind of horror movie is kind of up my alley where you leave a little like, oh, that was, oh, that didn't feel good. Or like that scene just, oh, that doesn't sit well with me at all. Uh, rather than the very like jump scare heavy type of stuff, so I liked it. I th- I think it I think it is categorized as a horror movie, and I'd, I'd say it was a pretty good one. Yeah, I I think it's it's certainly a horror movie. This is a classic horror movie. This is uh, romanticism at its finest. This is up there with Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, in my opinion. Uh, everybody's wearing Victorian suits and stuff like that. It's dark almost the whole movie. Uh, the mood is set. You alluded to it earlier. Every uh, The whole movie is about ambiance and, and putting you in the mindset. It, it almost feels like they brought a stage production to the screen. Uh, it really does. A, a lot of different set pieces, um, a lot of different things to get you in into the atmosphere. They use like old, what looked like Zapruder footage. It, it looked like old timey footage at one point to bring you into the 1897 street, mm-hmm. the marketplace. And then they just throw Gary Oldman in mm-hmm. there. So I, I really enjoyed this as well. It, of course, it's not your paranormal activity kind of movie. It's, it's definitely a classic feeling movie. It's a romantic movie. It's yeah. a movie about love. So that kind of took me by surprise. By the end of it, I I actually kind of found that I enjoyed the story of Elisabetta and um, Dracula finding each other again. And the fact that they really do show that he loves her wholly and it really is he's devoted to her even over his faith. He is solely devoted to her and she's all that matters to him. It's not 
the Dracula who just wants to be the greatest vampire of all time and in control of everything. So I I totally like it. Gore in terms of horror movie stuff, you know, off gore, plenty of blood, plenty of things. The scene with the kid, of mm-hmm. course, the baby really made me uneasy. The scene with the child had me, um, you know, my heart racing kind of like a get out of there moment. So I really enjoyed that. I think the makeup was really good. I thought the effects for 1992 were fine. Um, they held up enough. So, yeah, overall. Uh, oh, also, Sexy Time was included. So mm-hmm. that makes it uh, horror kill, movie plenty you know, of boobs. Kill Count, they didn't really go for quantity, right? This was a quality Kill Count type of movie where, like, the deaths matter. You had, like, the gardener get rocked. Uh, the Texan died, like, kind of a slow death. And then, of course, anytime they showed the vampires dying, they straight up showed them being mm-hmm. beheaded. So that was kind of graphic. A lot of a lot of like puppets and stuff like that in this movie. Slimy kind of stuff, you know, spit, blood, uh, visceral. So I, I, yeah. I really liked it. I think it was a very good, very good uh, movie. Good horror movie. Classic. I, I would put it in the classic realm. Yeah. We're going to go straight into Al Gore rating then. Uh, and I'm going to give it uh, three pumpkins. I'm going to give it three pumpkins right in the middle. Uh, I wasn't blown away by the movie, but I liked it. If you wanted me to watch it again, I'd probably need a little while. Um, but it was good enough. Yeah, I'll give it a I'll give it a three and a half. Can we do half half pumpkins? Yeah, sure. I'll go three and a half pumpkins. Um, yeah, like I, I think it was a it was a good movie. I give it a little bit better than average just because, you know, the the style was so good. Right. Like the I, as as a horror movie. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think like as a movie, it was like a very beautiful movie. I thought that the costumes were cool. They did a lot of neat things with the film, like those transitions look really neat. And like I said, all those thematic things, like if you're if you like to dissect movies in a nerdy kind of way, there's a lot there to play around with and just come up with fun little theories. So I, I think it's a little bit above average. I do. It is borderline like. It's horror, right, but it's not horror the way you might traditionally think about horror today. So it's yeah. like a little bit different. I don't know. Maybe it's a four, I don't know, three and a half, three and a half. I'll stick with that. But, you know, I think we're, we're becoming, I'm, I'm becoming more familiar with horror. So it's hard to tell like what the genre will unfold into, but yeah, three and a half. All right. Um, well, uh, do you have any kind of trivia that you wanted to go over that we didn't get to or anything else? Any other kind of notes that you had about this uh, before we wrap it up? No, that was it. I gave you all I got. Awesome. Uh, well, once again, V, I wanted to thank you for recommending this movie this time around. Uh, I'll be sure to get the next one. I yes, had a great time, even though, like I said, it was a long run time. Could have been probably about 20 minutes shorter for my taste. Uh enjoy the journey obviously you had a lot of heavy hitters with the director all the way through the cast um so this was an overall good experience for me yeah man always a pleasure you've been listening to the horrendous podcast with yano and v we just wanted to sincerely thank you all for listening we hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed producing it If you have any movie ideas or requests, we would love to hear from you. Find us on our socials or email details in the description. Thanks again, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us. We had a wonderful time. Hope to hear from you soon.